freaking auto! This is Brock and Saul. Brock Ewart is my hero. Jay Buhner just punched me in the kidney. Power through the Alaska Airlines studio. On Seattle Sports. We're going to do you on the internet. Don't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Ewart and Mike Saul. Hello! I love some of the texts that have come in. Seven layer dip, but all seven layers are candy. Yeah, I could probably get like one of those layers to be like uh, maple syrup. I'm sure my dad would enjoy that. Sounds like a Larry Salk dish from what you've told us. Pretty much. Anything you with do maple start syrup. with a marshmallow base, though. That's absolutely. Sure. And then you can add Oreos. What, what are his? Oreos you, will be up there. Yeah. As I've told you before, my dad has this thing where he says, well, like, Dad, what do you want to eat? And I don't know. Something light. You're like, okay, well, what does that mean? And he'll be like, I don't know. Like, you know, uh... <laughs> You know, pancakes. <laughs> like, that's, what? <laughs> Sounds like he eats like elf. Well, what it turns out, I, I finally cracked the code on what it means to eat light. It just means cheap. <laughs> when he says he just wants to eat something light, it means he doesn't want to go out for something expensive. He's just like, mm. well, let's just get something cheap. You know, we can make pancakes or go out for big breakfast for dinner at IHOP. Light like, on the wallet. Oh, I see. Yes, light on the wall. There's nothing okay. to do with the heaviness mm. of the food. Mm. He'll still drown that sucker in, in maple syrup. And maybe even throw some powdered sugar on at the end. Wow. But yeah, no, he's yeah, he's a lot like Elf. All right. Anyway, enough about my dad. <laughs> yes, it's true. I did basically bring up this whole thing just to make fun of him. But that's fine. What, um, Moral, you, you got a game for some us? Some of the new coaches in town. Yeah, yeah. you got a little quiz show for Here, us. Let's let's introduce. It. Charles is going to be so mad you're doing this without him. You getting to know all about you. Right. Do we figure out who sings this? From the King and I. The King and I. Um. So yeah, that's what that's what we're going to be doing here. The uh, I think the, we had that during King's ranked. The, the candidates are maybe during I's ranked too. This is who you are going to be guessing from. We've got Jay Harbaugh. Okay. Even though I don't think that one's official yet, but supposedly he's eh. coming here to be the special teams coordinator. Um, Leslie Frazier, mm-hmm. new assistant uh, yeah. coach for the Seahawks. Mike McDonald, the new head coach for the Seahawks. Steve Belichick, the new Huskies defensive coordinator, and Brennan Carroll, okay. the Huskies offensive coordinator. Right, so those are your right. choices. Yep. All right. Are we competing against each other? Yeah, sure. All right, but we have to say our name to buzz in. (laughs) So there's five different choices, okay? All right, so we're going to say our name to buzz in here, bro. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. All right, so the first coach is the tallest of the bunch at Uh, three. Brandon Carroll. No. Oh. (laughs) What? You're out now. Wow. I don't know, Maura. I hope your research is right. You can't answer. Okay. Go ahead. Continue, Maura. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, that's not from what I saw. Um, mm. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyways, mm. well, we'll go with don't, this one. Don't say that. We'll go with this one. It has He has a picture of himself on Instagram with the band Hippie Sabotage. Oh, young And man. this is a little, uh, I'll give you a little taste of that. I know Hippie Sabotage. There's two guys, kind of like DJ producers. Okay. Some controversy surrounding those guys. Okay. Though. Oh, is there? Yeah, they're young though. I don't know about they're, that. They're like they're young in the um, festival world, kind of. They can see out. I would have thought Jed Fish, but that's not. He's that's not, not like on there. No, Fish. he's not on there. Tallest. Well, from my research, now. I saw something that said Brennan Carroll was shorter. Maybe. Oh I... no! Oh no! Tallest, More. and we got some some rap music. Well, let's just go with the rap music since Brock says this maybe the height might be inaccurate. I'm gonna say that's he is six three. I'm gonna say that's Jay Harbaugh. It is. Yes. 
Yeah. It is, Jay. That checks out. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for throwing my first. All right, one so I'm uh, <laughs> so basically I'm up one nothing. Yep. Good for you. <laughs> well, I'm gonna. Uh, it's it's yeah. one nothing. It's one nothing. Fine. All right. All right. We'll it. keep moving. Our next. <laughs> our next coach, lettered in basketball, baseball, and football in high school. I'm not answering based on that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say, because back in the 50s, they played every sport. I'm going to say Leslie Frazier. That's good. That's a pretty good deductive Brock logic. Is, Brock is correct. Wow. Yes! <laughs> this is uh, Leslie Frazier actually talking about, it's a, it's a pretty cool story, talking about his best baseball moment. We're playing, and you guys probably don't remember this name, uh, we're playing Jackson State. They have a... A guy who ended up going to the majors named All Cam Board. You remember, oh, do you guys remember the name Boston Red Sox? Yeah. Baseball fans then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, Thomas does. Okay, okay. He's, a, he's our baseball guy. He's, he, was a, he was an excellent uh, pitcher for the for the uh, Red Sox. Yeah. So we've got uh, two out, bottom of the ninth or last inning. Got a man on second. We got to drive him home to to win this game. Mm-hmm. Game winning hit against All Cam Board wow. was a Big deal. And you to be what? able to, to get to first base and have everybody running on the field, high-fiving you, Walk driving off. in the game, win and run. I mean, that was a special time. No other highlights, but that one definitely really sticks in up. my mind. First of all, I'll tell you, Oil Camboy, number 23, when he yeah. played for the Red Sox, obviously. Okay. And uh, I was thinking about him just the other day. As I was trying to wake myself up in the shower, I did it by coming up with the name of every player on the 86 Red Sox. Wow. Okay. And so, wow. yeah, well, I went through, through the, I went through the whole 25-man yeah. roster. Yeah, Moore's got more questions. Oil <laughs> Camboy, obviously, no, came they, more, more did a lot of work here. Sorry. Uh, Stop interrupting. I did her. think it was pretty cool to find out about uh, Leslie Frazier, that he went undrafted in 81. Come on, let's um, go. the Bears signed him. Yes. He started off mostly returning kicks, but ended up cracking the starting lineup. Had six interceptions in their 85 season when they went yeah, to the Super did. Bowl. But he tore his ACL and PCL in the Super Bowl. And back then, those oh. surgeries were not oh. what they are today. So it ended his career. Mm. Probably while picking off Steve Grogan. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All, All right. right. Let's see the next one. Originally. Jetfish. Oh, my gosh. Not Originally, the this dummy. coach's father, this coach's father, tried to talk him out of coaching. Uh, we know he played is. linebacker slash fullback in high school and was yep. a senior captain his senior yeah. his uh, senior year. Uh, he was even better at baseball and golf, though. Florida offered him a baseball scholarship, and an Ivy League school said they would hold a spot for him in the following season. That's got Steve Belichick written all over it. Mm-mm. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Morris, is he Brock? right or wrong? He's wrong. Oh. Yeah, it's Brennan Carroll. Huh? You're wrong too. Next. Oh. You know what? It's Mike McDonald. Justin? <laughs> Wait. I was, gonna, I was going to say Brennan Carroll. It's not Brennan Carroll. I was convinced. It is uh, Mike McDonald. Yeah, Mike Mc. Gosh darn it. So he was offered a baseball scholarship okay. and uh, turned it down. He chose to just go to school, got a uh, finance degree from Georgia and a master's degree in sports management. Yeah. From Should've what I read, Ivy League, yeah. his Should've dad just that. said he discouraged him from coaching because he thought he was so analytical growing up and he was going with his emotions right. in yeah. making that Happens. decision. Happens yeah. the best. Totally makes uh, sense. Yeah, that's what I did, obviously. But apparently his analytics. high school coach said he would get done with practice and then go help coach the JV team. So yeah, so this always a, he always it. needed to do this, yeah. <laughs> Not many dudes while in college, like he was, go coach at high schools. Especially like when he didn't even play his senior year. Maybe more show. Yeah. yeah. Okay, here we go. All right. Last, uh, last couple here. We'll Steve try Belichick. to go fast. <laughs> <laughs> 
I see what you're doing here. This one played tight end in college. Yeah, that's Got a Brandon. bachelor's degree in social sciences. That's Brennan Carroll. That's Brennan Carroll. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah, you don't where, did he get his, where did he get his bachelor? Uh, at Pitt. Oh, Next. really? You should, you should guess Brennan Carroll again. Um, no, no, I'm ahead two to one. Found out his wife is also an athlete playing volleyball at North Carolina oh, yeah. in Europe. Oh, yeah. Um, and his, and at Europe, and in Europe, I can't talk. And his mom played at Pacific. That oh, must right. be where her Jim girl P, met. Yeah. And his sister was a college volleyball player as well. Boom. Yeah. Big volleyball family. Um, and yeah. grandkids. Pete's grandkids. Some good volleyball players. Keep an eye on it. All okay, right. two to one. Good. Try to tie it. Give me two to one. <laughs> try to tie. Man, it's too bad. Try to say, try to say Steve Belichick before Brian me. Carroll. Try to say Steve Belichick um, before me. Here we go. What do we need to know about Steve Belichick? (laughs) I was trying not to say Rutgers because I thought that might give it away. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. uh, Have you guys heard Steve Belichick talk? Because I was shocked at how much he sounds like his dad. I didn't think I'd really heard him before. Here's a little Steve Belichick. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's a different uh, situation that we're in. Um, I definitely have... Have more resources around me than than what she has um so you know just kind of some of the things that, that 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 type of coach has to deal with um i don't gotta deal with school and grades doesn't he sound so wow. much like him he's so he's, he's a little higher pitch and he doesn't have that before everything he you says you want to see if brennan carroll sounds like pete oh yeah all right let's do that one here Really good group. Uh, we had dinner last night. Um, it was exciting to have those guys kind of together and kind of one last meal before we uh, nope. got into the uh, competition um, of fall he camp. Talks like him. Uh, really bit. good group. Not, voice not the voice. These guys yeah. worked their tails off this yeah. summer. Um, worked their tails off. Ready to battle, ready to compete. Best shape of their lives, kind of to a man. And um, I haven't heard him use the word beautiful yet, so I'm going to say he's it's nothing like me. It's nothing like this. Well, the one right that the I, I didn't, it. I didn't get to uh, Jed Fish. I was going to play you how he snuck into the OJ trial back when he wanted that to be I a knew. lawyer. I would have known yeah. that actually. Yeah. I knew that was a big Jed Fish yeah, thing. So I, I would say I win two to two. Um. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fine. I say we totally ruined Mora's great I game. Was trying to find a, I could not find You hard, ruined it. I didn't ruin it. Steve Belichick is a hard man to research. And then uh, Brennan Carroll, when I looked, I tried to look up his. Steve um, Belichick might be in the CIA for all. I tried know. to look up Brennan Carroll at Pitt and I saw something that said 5'8. No. no, 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 He's no, taller no. than that. Yeah, big guy. I don't, maybe there was another Brennan Carroll. These guys are right for a Step Brothers remake out here. <laughs> One's already named Brennan. It works perfect. <laughs> I know John will watch it. All right, let's uh, take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll give you everything you need to know. And then Jeff Passan joins us at 830. It's Brock and Salk. Seattle Sports on 710. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Yeah, I'll keep shouting this out. Mike McDonald going to join the show Monday morning at 9.30. Looking forward to talking to the Seahawks' new head coach for the first time on this show. Obviously did a great interview with Bump and Stacy last week. We're looking forward to getting our shot after uh, hopefully some of this stuff has worked out, specifically the offensive coordinator position. Who's he going to hire yesterday? The hot name was still Ryan Grubb. Mike Varell joining, the joining. I think, uh, Bump and Stacey yesterday to explain why he would be interested. I think it's probably easier than it has been in the past. When you just think about the way that styles have meshed from college to the NFL, and I think there was 
10, 20 years ago, there was much more of a divide between what was pro style and when college spreads and speed spreads and everything was running wild and option offenses and different styles. I think talking to Ryan in the past, just right before the, the CFP and right before they played Texas, he kind of described their offense as kind of being a pro style spread. And I'm not sure how you, exactly you would define that, but I do think that offenses are moving that direction more. And there, there's more of a blurred line between college and the pros in general. So I do think that what he does, the way that he schemes guys open, both in the run game, the pass game, is very transferable. Well, so why hasn't it happened yet? I think that's a, a fair question. And it does feel a little Dan Quinn-like. Like, hey, if you want to get this done, it should be done by now. So when you heard the name Chip Kelly mm-hmm. enter into this conversation last night, that had to be very interesting. It certainly was to me. Why is it taking this long? Because this is the single most important decision he's going to make right now. Special teams, defense coordinator, rounding out the defensive mm-hmm. staff, everything else, that's, that's all fine. Defense should be pretty simple, pretty easy. I think much more connected in that kind of way. But this decision will be the biggest he makes as a defensive-minded head coach. Look around the league. Look at the defensive-minded head coaches and how important that decision is to go get that thing right, turning over hire every Ryan stone. Grubb or Chip Kelly? I think I would hire Ryan Grubb. And that's nothing against Chip Kelly. I like him an awful lot as well. But I think Grubb brings what this team needs. If you want line of scrimmage, Salt, and you really like, the, the, yes, Chip has, has had some good line of scrimmage I mean, teams real too. Good line of scrimmage. Yeah, no, UCLA has been pretty soft. Philly was average. San Fran was a mess. So Ryan Grubb, everywhere he has been, he's and everything that he has touched at that line of scrimmage, been pretty darn dominant. And then the QB play, off the charts. Here's the second thing you need to know. Mariners, kind of small move yesterday. They pick up a pitcher in Colin Snyder, who they get off waivers from Arizona. He's pitched two largely ineffective seasons in Kansas City, but he's a reliever, and they've had success with these kinds of guys before, bringing them in, making a couple of tweaks, and hopefully getting a lot more out of an arm that might have some talent in there. So we'll see if that works out. You mentioned Steve Belichick a few times. We learned a little bit more about him, and he is uh, officially now coming to Montlake, where he will join with Brennan Carroll on either side of the ball for the Huskies. That is just like, yeah. it's so hard to fathom, but it's I love incredible. it. I it's really incredible. do love the whole idea of it, even honestly, though it's crazy. And I know we'll get to this in buy and sell in about 45 minutes, but honestly, think about it. Next year, seeing Bill and Pete in the Taiyi Club. <laughs> so weird. I, I don't think that's outside the realms of possibilities. We're sitting in a, in a suite. Who knows? Bill Gates. Bill Gates, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll. You don't think that would be a good thing? It'd be a pretty interesting conversation. I'll tell you that much. It sure would. Hmm. And and I'll say it from the mountaintops. Steve Belichick is going to recruit the Pacific Northwest from Libby (laughs) to Eastern Oregon to Mountain Home, Idaho to Forks, Washington, better than anybody (laughs) ever has. Here's the third thing. I don't know if there's players. I don't know if there's players in those locales. Right. I don't know about don't that. Don't worry about that. But if there is. He's got them. You're going to walk in that door and done. So You've been paying any attention to some of the, you know, weirdness in Vegas with the media nights and all that stuff. I mean, I know every year we get dumb questions and people that aren't around for sports. I did hear a German reporter ask uh, Andy Reid about the Taylor Swift Joe Biden conspiracy. Right. And he couldn't have gotten right. away from that faster. He was like, yeah. Yeah, it's above my pay grade. I'm out. How about this one from Brock Purdy? Did you ever hear that before? I have it. That's my first time hearing it. Yeah, let me set that up a little better. Brock Purdy asked if he knows that there are people out there who say he looks like Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh, yeah. Did you ever hear that before? I have it. That's my first time hearing it. Yeah. What do you think about that comparison? Comparison? Uh, 
Do you think he has any idea? First of all, does he know who Lee Harvey Oswald is? I think so. Does he know what he looks like? No. No chance. Does he want Did to you? answer the question? Of course. Do you know how many times what? I've seen JFK? Oh, I'm obsessed with that movie. Like a thousand times. Okay. All right. I'm just a patsy. Hey, by the way, kind of disappointed none of you were You know who yesterday. played Lee Harvey Oswald, by the way, in that movie? That's everything you need to know. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman played Lee Harvey Oswald in that movie. Seriously, kind of disappointed. So versatile. Really, maybe most disappointed in you, Justin. Why? Honestly. I, I just, I'm, I mean, this is family what? business. We can do this. Passon's going to join us in a few minutes. Yesterday, I, I sent out a text to you guys I, with a video of Taylor Swift. Who gave Taylor Swift her break? Would there be? Oh. Would, would you be a Swifty today, Oh, yeah, today, you should be Salk? most in, disappointed in Justin. You knew Salk and I weren't going to respond to you about Toby yeah, Keith. Yeah, you That's sent fine. that to the That's afternoon. Fine. Especially because yeah. I read later that that entire story was not true. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, really? You know what? You know, it, it's like a lot of other stories you send me that when I do a little bit of research oh, later, I huh, read funny. that there's absolutely nothing to it. You know what, Brock? Yeah. You know who else should be pretty upset yeah, is, right. is all the three of us. You promised yesterday you were going to use the word slappy once an hour. Yeah. Darn it. It's already 8.30. An hour and a half in. on it. Pathetic. I may or may not call passing a slappy then. Okay, if I've got to do it and I've got to use it, i got 30 minutes to do it. Here we go. Let's see. Will Brock call Jeff passing a slappy? Don't do it. You'll have to stick around and find out next on Brock and Salt. Good job, Justin. This, this is Brock and Salt. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. All right, let's see if Jeff Passan knows the answer to this question, Brock. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm good, gentlemen. How are you? Oh, what? So good on the lips. What baseball that? player oh. used that song as his warm as his intro oh. music, walk-up music for years? Um, I know this. Oh my God! Uh, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did he play? Did he play? He nailed it. He oh, nailed he? it. Really? Yes, he did. What did he say? Evan Longoria. Nice oh, job. Very impressive. Job. Thank you. Very impressive. Thank Jeff. you. It's pretty great walk-up music. I've always liked the song just because of that. So, mm. how are you, Jeff? What's new? Uh, well, I am. 48 or so hours away from jumping on a plane and uh, going to Las Vegas and watching the Kansas City Chiefs win their second consecutive Super Bowl. In wow. <laughs> you become a Chiefs fan since moving to, to KC? I have. I, here's, here's the thing. I, I am someone who really values sporting loyalty, so uh, I feel like a bit of a turd, but... A couple of things. Mm -hmm. Number one, my childhood team, the Cleveland Browns, moved when I was last in Cleveland. Right. Like it was a, a, a disastrous moment from my childhood. And so my connection to the Browns was kind of waning already. Um, and, and then my kid fell in love with the Chiefs and he has gotten older. And, uh, you know, he's, he's like we had our first meeting for college prep last night which was like you know that's a wild thing to do and crazy when considering your kid's only 11 yeah <laughs> a little early jeff I, you know what i i i actually i actually would have sent that child to college at 11 and he, would be fine. <laughs> he, he, he he's got his stuff together but uh you know uh, between his love of this team um, the the impending uh, move that 
will probably wind up with him never living in the same city as we do. And the fact that the best quarterback of all time, all apologies, Tom Brady, but I do think Patrick Mahomes is more talented. So I think the best quarterback, at least physically of all time, is playing in my city. Like it would be foolish not to jump on board with that. And uh, so I got season tickets and, uh, uh, you know, if you've ever, if you've ever been to Arrowhead, you know, like Mm. it's, it's a great, great place to watch football game and a great team to watch. And, and seeing like seeing the chiefs get turned into villains has been very weird for me because it's a really likable team. Mm -hmm. So are you going to be playing blackjack with the other slappies in the early hours of Vegas? I haven't quite figured out yet how I'm going to manage being in Las Vegas with being with a child. Oh, I had to do that last year. It might be tricky. I did that last year yeah, with my then 11-year-old. Very challenging. Seriously, how old is your kiddo? Yeah, what's any 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 advice? Um not really. It's tough. Like it was fun, but at the same time all I wanted to do was go play blackjack and I couldn't do that. So yeah, no, it was yeah. uh it was very challenging, but uh you just have to not go for very long. You put a lot of melatonin in their dinner and then they fall asleep and you go play blackjack. Yeah, there you go. No way, man. I, I see I I can't do that because on Saturday night I, I like this is a very cool father-son moment, but I'm going to go see Wu-Tang Clan with my child and I cannot wait for that. Wow. It's actually you awesome. keep saying child. How old is this son of yours? He's 16. You can't yeah. call him a child. Come on, Jeffrey. Child? What's the matter with you? <laughs> I what, what am I supposed to say? I don't know. My, You've been living in the what? Midwest. Your kid? Young man? Yeah, my son, my, my kid. Son. My firstborn okay. that I'm so proud all, of. All of all of these all of these things are synonyms. Yeah, but child okay. represents somebody much younger. Mike, were you a moron when you were 16? Of course you were. Not because your mic sucked, but because you were 16 right. and you were still a child. Fair. Yes, like, that's true. That's, like, but that's, also because yeah, I'm me. I'm, I'm, I, I figure this is going to be a joke about how I, nothing much has changed in my life ever since then. All right. Hey, we only have you for a little while. we got to talk some baseball. As of today, how have Jerry and Justin done this offseason? Not necessarily the Mariners as a whole, but let's start with Jerry and Justin. How have they done this offseason? I think with the strictures that were in place in terms of um, in terms of payroll, like you you can look at 54% and be bothered by that. And rightfully so. And you can look at ownership and say the, the most talented player we've ever seen is a free agent. And we didn't even bother making a perfunctory offer to him. And you can say that, uh, you know, an incredible uh, hitter, one of the best of his generation was available in a trade. And we really didn't go after him because of the finances. And, and you can be angry about that because it is reasonable and rational and understandable. But if we're just looking in the vacuum that the Mariners had X amount of dollars and they needed to construct a roster within that framework, I think they've done a pretty good job. I, I think that the you know the the individuals who they have brought in this offseason, the the latest being Gregory Santos uh, and Mitch Garver and Luke Rayley and uh, Jorge Polanco, probably being the biggest of all. Like 
I think this is a good team, man. And I, I think the, the moves that they've made, um, even since trading Suarez and Kalanick, uh, have been value positive. And I, you know, the, the balance that they've been able to strike, which is we are not going to trade the foundational guys that we have in our rotation and in the minor leagues. So, you know, those are, those are two interesting groups, right? We know Julio's not going anywhere. We know Cal's not going anywhere, but the, those very desirable guys on the position side on the big league roster, there aren't a whole lot of them right now, but on the big league side, it's pitching and they could have traded any of the four young guys or, or five, if you want to include Emerson Hancock that they had and done well. Uh, they, they similarly could have traded Colt Emerson who's their best prospect or Harry Ford or uh, Cole Young and gone out and gotten someone, but they haven't done that either. And I, I think the, the balance between 2024 and the coming years where these young players are going to ascend and join this core, uh, I think they've done a really good job striking it actually after the beginning of a winter that was just an absolute nightmare in terms of public relations. Is there a free agent available that could tip the scales even more? Probably not one that they can afford. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's, you, you, that's you mentioned, thing, you mentioned right? Jeffrey, you mentioned 54%. And by the way, a 540 winning percentage in 162 games is 87 which kind of feels yeah. a little bit like where some of these projections are for the Mariners, somewhere between 85, 86 and a half, 87. Yeah. Is a Bellinger, is a Chapman, is an arm, is there a veteran free agent that you think you could sign right now and say, oh my gosh, now all of a sudden this becomes a 90-plus win team? Yeah, absolutely. If they went and got Cody Bellinger, or if they went and got Blake Snell, that changes the calculus. I just I don't think they're playing in that sandbox, Brock. That's yeah. like that's the thing. I I don't find any of those to be particularly realistic at this point. Now, there's a chance uh, that the market craters to the point where the Mariners say, you know, we would be foolish not to engage here. And they go to John Stanton and say, we have an opportunity, like a real opportunity to enhance this team now and going into the future. And we should take advantage because market opportunities like this don't come along very often. Uh, We're not at that point yet. And I'm not sure that we're going to get there. But yeah, uh, if you bring in Bellinger or Snell, it absolutely does that. What is if, going if on with Bellinger and Chapman? Chapman? What, what is going on with those guys? Why, why are they not signed right are now? Are they Boris guys? Yes. Yes. All, mm. all, all four of the big guys left are Boris guys. Uh, Snell, Montgomery, uh, Bellinger, and Chapman. And I think it's, I think it's very simple. Um, they have, they, and I mean the, the players, have set a line in the sand. And nobody is willing to cross that line at this point because teams see that line as unreasonable and players see that line as what the market value should be as opposed to what the market is showing. And it's a staring contest. It's a game of chicken. It's them, you know, saying, I I am willing to wait. And I believe that you, and by you, they mean 30 teams. I believe that your desire to sign me is strong enough that waiting is not going to impede me. And look, in past cases, 
it has worked, whether it's with Scott Boris clients like, you know, Bryce Harper was going to get 300 plus million dollars. He just wound up getting it in March. Manny Machado, uh, I don't know if he was going to get 300, but he got 300. And that was done in March. But but with a guy like Mike Moustakis a few years ago, he turned down the qualifying offer, which I believe was about $17 million, and ended up signing a one-year $6 million deal with Kansas City because the, the market just never formed. And, at, you know, at some point, and, and maybe some point soon, uh, you know, we're going to get to a place where, okay, the market that you may have anticipated is just not going to be there, so what do you do? Do you wait? Do you wait for an injury? Do you wait for a team that uh, just starts feeling a little bit more desperate or isn't looking the way that it should in spring training? I mean, there are a million things that change the calculi involved in free agency. But right now, uh, we're just in a holding pattern. And until either the players drop their ask or one of the teams steps up in earnest, uh, I think that holding pattern is not going to move. Who's the player most likely to have his market tank enough to potentially be affordable? Chapman, I would think. And is and, that just because he didn't that, play that well, like didn't put up Gaga numbers in Toronto yeah. last year? Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at Matt Chapman's splits last year, he was out of this world in like the first six or so weeks of the season. And after that, just wasn't very good. Um, you know, the defense isn't where it was once upon a time when he was winning, I think, two platinum gloves. So this is a guy who has been legitimately elite at third base and, and frankly, would look fantastic in a Mariners uniform and in the Mariners lineup right now. But I think at this point they are resolved to doing a, a Luis Arias, Josh Rojas platoon and playing the numbers on that and hoping the platoon advantage takes these players who are fine, you know, okay, they're big leaguers, but uh, they may not be more. And, and the platoon advantage, uh, in theory, uh, gives them a greater chance to maximize their potential. Mm. Yeah, you mentioned the numbers there. Jeff Passon here with us. Absolute blast to catch up. Uh, baseball season right around the corner where we, we will do this regularly, I hope and believe. Uh, speaking of numbers, starting pitching and bullpen combined. The Mariners, the best arms in Major League Baseball. When you combine the five starters with the bottom end or the, you know, the three highest leverage relievers, is there a case to be made yeah, based on yeah. numbers that this is the best arms in all of baseball? Um, are you including like full bullpen depth or are you just saying like when we're in October and we need our starting pitcher to go out and dominate, and then we can go Santos, Brash, Munoz in some order. Or mm -hmm. are you talking bullpen depth too? Because I think the bullpen depth – now, this is an important thing to know. Just because there haven't been guys or as many guys who come into this spring having performed uh, in the past, uh, just because that's the case doesn't mean that the Mariners mm -hmm. back in, uh, you know, the, the depth parts in that bullpen. Cause one thing I think we, we all agree it's, it's objective and clear. The Mariners do a good job at taking arms and making them into something. It's, mm -hmm. it's part of the secret sauce that they've got going on right now. And has been a big part of their success over the past couple of years. So uh, there is going to be someone 
in in the same way that it was, you know, Gabe Spire for a while last year, in the same way that it was, you know, Matt Festa the year before, just guys you expect mm-hmm. nothing out of who turn out to be pretty productive. Uh, it, you know, if we're just talking, though, rotation plus back end of the bullpen, uh, I mean, maybe you could argue Atlanta. Maybe. Maybe. That's about it. I, yeah, I mean, there's the, there's just, you know, the 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 Mariners' starting pitching is just really good. I, I don't I don't have to tell you guys that. You know how good they are. Um, maybe you look at Philadelphia. I don't think the rotation depth is there. Um, you know, top end, I would probably take Zach Wheeler over anyone that the that the Mariners have. Um, and. Uh, you know, Aaron Nola is really good. Got 175 million this offseason, and, and Ranger Suarez and Christopher Sanchez. Like, in Philadelphia's back end bullpen arms are nasty. Uh, very similar, in fact, to just the kind of stuff that you're seeing with the Mariners. But uh, you know, the, the, the teams you would look at otherwise, like Tampa Bay, now they're too injured right now. Uh, Toronto's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like Toronto's got some very good arms in that rotation, and. Their bullpen depth stinks, but the back end of it is pretty strong. Houston, you can make a case, right? Yep. Like Verlander, Bromber at the top of the rotation, Christian Javier, back end of the bullpen uh, with Josh Hader and Ryan Presley. It's pretty good. It's yep. pretty lights out, man. Yeah. So, so Houston, I think Houston is in the conversation there. Hmm. Uh, but, yeah, if, if you want to make that argument, I think you're – Probably right. All right. Let me ask you a dumb question. Uh, since you said I was a moron when I was 16. I know. Here we go. Here we go. No, it's a dumb question because I don't think there's, I don't know how you're going to answer it, but I'll ask you anyway. Is there any sort of a secret sauce to starting the year hot? Because it sure seems to have been an issue for the Mariners the last few years. Brock's brought this up a couple of times that every year they kind of dig themselves a hole in April and into May. And thankfully, the last couple of years, they've had phenomenal Julys and August. But is there any secret to starting fast? You know, this isn't like the NFL where you know you have your 15-play script at the beginning of every game, right? And... This isn't like the NBA where talent almost universally wins during the regular season. Like you just, the, the, in the NBA, the best mm-hmm. teams, you tend to know who they are pretty early on. Uh, baseball just uh, doesn't have anything like that. And uh, I'm sorry, that's a dissatisfactory answer because you would think if we can quantify all kinds of different things maybe we could figure this out too um if that exists like the the way that you get off to a hot start uh, i i don't know what it is yeah okay we're gonna do a little personal time with passing um, we're gonna we're gonna sneak i got two actually pretty quick questions uh but just <laughs> So good, man. You're like the We Are the World. I Have you seen the doc? I, I can't it, believe I actually did that. Like, yeah. that is an incredibly high note. Yeah. yeah. You have yeah. to be an arrogant. Hurry, by the way. I watched like the first 10 minutes and was just overwhelmed by the amount of star power. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. crazy. Yeah. The, 
Could 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 we do anything like that today? No, no, absolutely not. No, uh-uh. I mean certainly not with cell phones and no. social media and paparazzi right. and everything no, else. But you're sort of the Cindy Lauper of that, though. Don't That's what say? I'm saying. I mean, like the, the high octane, like he, he could totally yeah. hit whatever. No, you wouldn't have to lay out because Michael was so <laughs> high up there, and Steve Perry. I mean, you just proved that you could hang with those guys. Uh, personal time with passing. Two quick questions. Uh, assuming your 16 year old son just conks out wants to get his sleep and said, Dad, go down and play. Just go down and have some fun down there on the floor. Which game is Jeff Passan attacking on the casino floor? Parker. Oh, I yeah, you are Parker. arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really are. I mean, like you said it a minute ago, but it's true. You really are cocky if you think that that's, you know, what where you're going to have your success. In order to win a poker, you have to really believe you're smarter than everyone else around you. Well, no, no, no. We're what not. Mean, no, no, no. I'm saying no, no, no. You didn't say where are you going to go find the greatest success. Oh, okay. You said where are you going to go? Fair point. All right. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Secondly, secondly. I, I, you know what? I, I fully acknowledge, like, I, I am an. I am a good poker player for not knowing what I'm doing. Like I, I think I can read, I can read people. Well, I know I just, I, I don't calculate pot odds in my head quickly enough and haven't like educated myself enough there to ever become like an excellent poker player. But I very much enjoy the challenge of poker. Oh, Jeff so, has his head. Yeah, he he's got a big head. <laughs> when, when, where's that from? Perkin. This is Tim Kirchin saying you have a big head on our that. show. Yeah, he said that on our show. You took strays when they were talking about uh, the Bruce Boucher's head. Oh, Bruce Boucher's head. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You took some strays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, here's the thing, though. It, it is like an objective fact, too. Like, what is, what is your guy's threshold for when somebody tells you their hat size and you go, whoa, like, what's a big head? Seven and three quarters. Seven and three quarters plus. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm three quarters. So there you go. Timmy (laughs) Timmy was spot on. I do have a I do have like a disproportionately large dome for my body. Hold on. There's there's one more part of this that Passon deserves to hear. We've never played this for him, so I think since we brought this up, he should probably hear this. We're talking to Tim Kirchin earlier today. I like him a lot better than Jeff Passan. I got to tell you, like, I just liked him much, much more. Like, as a person. Like, I just like talking to him more. Why did I say that? That's not very nice. Justin, I think you spliced together some things. There's no way I would have said that. Jeff's my favorite. You know that. Yeah. I never would have said that about Timmy. <clears throat> Wow. Maybe what I would have. Yeah. I'm, 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 sure, I'm sure Justin is just so interested in making you <laughs> look, look bad. bad. Yeah. 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 Together audio. yeah, I need so much help. <laughs> Somebody's got to go yeah. really splice together the audio because I never say dumb stuff on my own. You got to go splice okay. it together. I got one last baseball one. Right. One last baseball one. Thank that you for the personal Mike, that was actually kind. Of, that was actually kind of mean. I, you know what? I think if, if the context, context there probably yeah, makes the some con- sense. I think he was being very positive about something that you and I were fighting about at the time. He redeemed it after. Yeah. I, I, like I, the Rangers being good? Probably. Right. Right. By the way, you know who else doesn't think the Rangers are very good? Or at least not as good as the Mariners? Jeff, have you seen the Fangraphs baseball odds yet? Or playoff odds yet? Yeah. They just I, came out I, a few I, minutes I, ago. Uh, I, I know. I did, like They have the Rangers that I think 81 wins. 
They have them below the Mariners, which is kind of crazy. This doesn't have, I don't oh, see win-loss. They, they have them. They have them at 81 wins. They yeah, they have, have the like, Mariners at 86, yeah. the Rangers at 81. I was going to say they have them five games below them. I, I just, listen, projections do what they do. They are not infallible, but mm-hmm. they tend to be better than what a human is going to go out and do. Do you have a favorite uh, projection? one where... Uh, like a favorite projection system? Yeah. Like you trust Dan Samborski? Do you like Pakoda? Like, what do you like? If you go and stack them all up next to each other, they are almost identical. <laughs> like there's – no, I'm serious. I know. You know it's you true. Just go and yeah. look at the – like what, is, what does Pakoda have uh, the Mariners at, 86, 85? Yeah. But they, they saw the yeah, Rangers very differently, that's for sure. Uh, I'm not quite sure why they have the Rangers as the 500. I do not have the Rangers as the 500 team. Mm-hmm. Like the the Rangers, the Rangers won the World Series, and they're going to add a guy who's probably going to be by the end of the season like their second or third best bat. And that's not even Evan Carter, by the way. That's why at Langford. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, last question for me, last baseball one, Jeff. Have a great time, by the way, in Vegas. And I did the same with my son Titus. I took him to the national title game with Washington, Michigan. Unbelievable. Uh, tremendous, tremendous memory, even though the, the Huskies didn't get it done. Just a, a great time and something we'll remember the rest of our lives. Uh, 24 Mariners versus 23 Mariners. Just on paper, obviously that's all it is right now. We haven't seen this 24 Mariners team play. Just in composition, one you like more than the other? Yeah, I think 24 is better than 23 was. But it's very easy to say that, not just before the game start, but before I know starting pitching health. That that's the, the, this whole thing hinges on the Mariners starting pitcher staying healthy, and they have managed to the last couple of years. Um, that's not the sort of thing that tends to be the case long term. And so I listen. I hope every one of them stays healthy. I hope they go out and make the postseason. And I hope they bring Seattle what uh, you know in the damn near fifty years we've seen baseball there. They they haven't gotten at this point, um, but. On paper, I like this team better than last year's. It's not just their starting rotation, by the way. It's got to stay healthy. There's a lot of mm-hmm. there's a lot of if healthy in this lineup between Mitch Haniger and Mitch Garver and Polanco and Gregor Gregory Santo. Like there's a lot of when Fair. healthy here in Fair. this lineup. But mm-hmm. uh, I think I'm with you. I think on paper they're more consistent, a little bit deeper, better around the edges. And you know, the one name that we barely mentioned in the entirety of this, you know, 25 minutes is because we just haven't talked about him enough is Julio. Yeah. If Julio is an MVP guy this year, how much different is that for this team? If he's just unbelievable. Well, yeah, he, he, he's been an MVP type guy in both of his seasons though. Has he not? He was very inconsistent last year. There were a couple yeah. of months where he was unbelievable and a huge Mike, portion Mike, of the season. Fin- where Mike, he, wasn't. he finished four. He finished fourth in AL MVP voting. And yet I, I watched every game <laughs> and, and sometimes the entirety of the season does not necessarily right. tell the whole story. Mm-hmm. And Julio was uh, at times listen, incredible, but he was not yep. carry his team throughout most of the season. Kind of good last year. I, I understand what you're saying. And I agree that there is another gear there, but I also don't want to be guilty of looking a gift horse in the mouth. I think that's very fair. That's a, that's a very what a great way. Let's to compromise end there. Jeff. That's why I love it. talking to you. Forget Tim Kirchin. That guy stinks. <laughs> you are such a pandering little turd. Justin, pull that for Tim Kirchin next time. <laughs> uh, goodbye, Jeffrey. Thank we'll you, talk Jeffrey. to you soon. Thank you. Have fun at the Super Bowl. Have fun with your kid.
Your child, excuse Thank me. There you go. There's Jeff Passan. <laughs> He's got to go spend time with his child. God, I would. Do you ever call your kids your your child? I would never say that. He is a bizarre human being. I know people think I am. Jeff's weirder than I am. That's for sure. We have another. We're we're on our second game already today. That's next on Brock and Salk. <laughs> 